morning. Let's stand and sing together. Mighty is Let's stand and sing together. Mighty is our God. Welcome to all the people who are visiting with us today. We hope you find a place of home and comfort um, here with us here at Memorial. Special welcome to all the people who are visiting with us today. We hope you find a place of home and comfort um, here with us here at Memorial. And have a wonderful time with us praising the Lord. Uh, my son's still sick, so my husband Andy is home with him um, today. So, But we're very, very lucky um, in this band that I can I can walk in and say okay guys here's the plan tomorrow we're gonna do the da, 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 and now you step up into my, and Charlie can just step up and do that and I'm very very blessed to have um, Charlie with us in the band so he's taking over Andy's role today and doing a great job at it let's sing together amazing love
that you understand um, or know where we got those extra words from in that song. Um, we combine a little bit of Amazing Love with a little bit of a Charles Wesley hymn. Um, His mercy all immense and free for oh my God it found out me. Um, one time Andy was uh, preaching a sermon and those words just fit right in and so um, when he was looking through the hymnal and finding things from Charles Wesley and so we, we combined those two um, with so a Charles Wesley version from our Methodist heritage and, and also with Amazing Love. Let's sing together Holy is the Lord.
invite the children to make their way forward right now, and we also invite uh, you to turn and greet one another as we continue our worship. morning. How's everybody this morning? Who knows what this is? No? How about if I turn it like this? It is a flashlight. What are flashlights good for? That is exactly right. They help you see in the dark. Yes, I do remember. Uh-huh. Well, this is a small flashlight, but any kind of flashlight is good for helping you see in the dark. Then the dark can be a little scary sometimes, can it? I remember lots of things you tell me. Well, you know, the Bible talks about it being dark and being light. In fact, in Psalms 119, 105, it said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So sometimes when it's dark, you need a flashlight to see. And sometimes when it's dark in your life, the Bible can help you see. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you for giving us the Bible to be a light unto our life. Let us be lights for you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's great to see you uh, here this morning, and uh, if you're visiting with us, we invite you to come other Sundays and be a part of our worship and fellowship. Uh, we're always glad to have you here. Uh, we have at 10 o'clock um, Sunday school hour for all ages. All children's classes are in this building. Younger classes on the lower level and the older children upstairs and youth upstairs. So uh, we invite you to, to stay for that. Um, we also want to give you a chance to share prayer concerns that you might have. We already have some hands lifted up to let us know that if you need a card to write a note on to hand to me in a few minutes. Um, they'll come and collect those back. This is um, a way you can share your concerns with all of us, and we will join you in praying for the things that are of concern to you. So uh, lift your hand if you need a card, and we'll come back in a moment. We also will be passing a book around, which is the registration of attendance, and we uh, invite you to sign in today. <clears throat> I want to say a word of thanks to John Rush, who our our uh, pastor of our minister of visitation and um, our uh, former pastor of this church for stepping in and filling in for me this week when I was on vacation. Um, Oliver Tucker, a beautiful gentleman uh, in his early 90s who spent his career uh, as a principal of, I think it was elementary schools mostly, um, 
in, in our area over in District 5. Uh, he passed away and the funeral was on Friday. Um, we remember his family and our prayers. Um, he also was a preacher's kid. So when you ask a preacher's kid where they're from, they say all over. Because uh, in South Carolina Methodism, that's about it. They move us all over. And so he grew up um, in a home with a preacher daddy. And so that gave uh, us a lot in common as we would talk and we celebrate his life and we mourn his passing even as we celebrate his entrance into eternal life. Uh, let's see, men's club. Uh, are we Saturday still on? If you have some light uh, repair work needed around your house, especially our older folks, light bulbs need to be changed and you don't need to be climbing up on chairs, things like that. If you would contact uh, Mark or any of our men, we will uh, be in touch with you and see about next Saturday being a time we can come and do some of these light repairs. Anything else? What's happening? Lee, was that a hand? Any other announcements we need to make? If you have a chance later, be sure to read my shirt. It says things that I won't do like sleep or chew gum. And then it says I, I promise all these things because I'm the minister. Uh, Harriet Johnson brought this back from someplace. I don't know. So anyway, I'm enjoying wearing it today. Um, if you're ready with your prayer cards, if you hold them up. <clears throat> and as you do, I got to confess a wonderful occasion last week when I stuck my foot in my mouth. Where is Gwen Church? Right there. <clears throat> I was upstairs on the second floor about the time all the Sunday school classes were letting out and I got to see uh, as her son Colton, who's what, 12, 13? Uh, 12, trying to get away from his mama who was just intent on giving him a hug and a kiss. Well, guys, you remember what that was like to be a teenager and your mama want to kiss you. And so <clears throat> he was successful in squirming away, but then Gwen said, can you imagine that, my own son, and he doesn't want a kiss from me? And I said, yeah, I can understand that. <clears throat> Terry was about to die laughing. I think he was agreeing. No, I mean, I think um, it was just one of those uh, wonderful foot and mouth moments. But uh, for you moms who have teenage boys, we feel your pain. <laughs> I had a daughter like that. Don't hug me, Daddy. I'm just going away for the weekend. Do not hug me. All right. Do we have any other prayer cards to be turned in? Let us join our hearts together in prayer. God, we give you thanks for this day. We thank you for the blessings that come to us by virtue of belonging to your family. How wonderful it is, Lord, that we have companions in life to share life with. And if hard times come to us through any event in the world or through nature or in our country, we've got each other in addition to having you. And how wonderful that is that we have one another to depend upon. But most of all, thank you that we have you as our strength and our shield. And we run to you in times of our need and also in times of joy to thank you for your fatherly parental care for us.
for the nurturing that you give to us, which reminds us of our moms and dads, and for your patience, which even exceeds the patience we experienced from our own parents. We thank you for this. We thank you for a love that we don't deserve, but we receive with great thanksgiving because you offer it to us freely. We celebrate, God, that you gave your love supremely to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, in whom we see your love and your life embodied in its fullness. These are our special prayers for the day. We pray for troops in harm's way and their families and loved ones. We pray for Lucille Dittmar because doctors found a spot on her lung. We pray for Betty Vaughn as she is recovering from leukemia. And O oh Lord, we join many others of our nation and of our area especially in knowing that you know our needs, but we feel the need of more rain. And we bring this concern and this attention to you. And we know, O oh God, you will take care of us in due season. We thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. And we pray now the prayer that our Lord taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Is this working? Hey! Our gospel reading for today, or our scripture reading, is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, 24 to 30. Jesus told them another parable. <clears throat> the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uh, root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at that time I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Coping with evil. <clears throat> Today, I will answer every question you have ever had about evil and why bad things happen to good people. Every question. And if you believe that, you might be interested in some swampland that I have found in Nevada. <clears throat> no, people of faith have tried in vain over many centuries to answer these very difficult questions. So I doubt that uh, I will 
present a very satisfactory answer for you today, but we'll struggle together with these issues. Evil inflicts itself among us and upon us in many different ways. A tornado rips through a community, destroying lives and property. One house is destroyed, another is not even touched. An automobile wreck or cancer takes away the life of someone we love. A mean or deranged person breaks into a school or a house and innocent people get killed. Some terrorists fly jet planes in the Twin Towers killing innocent civilians. Now some folks seem to remain steadfast in their faith during these crises and we admire their courage. But others among us, sincere Christians, find our faith battered during these times. Why, God, if you exist and are loving, how could you allow these things to happen? In Jesus' parable that historically has been known as the parable of the wheat and tares, the servants express the despair of thinkers of every generation. Where did the weeds come from? You planted good seed. Where did the evil come from? People without faith in God have very little trouble with the concept of evil because they don't assume the existence of a kind, orderly, beneficent creator. But you and I do. We look at our beautiful world, orderly and beautiful, with mountains and beaches, stars that are in their usual places. Well, you can't see the dippers there. But stars that are in their usual places night after night, and we see the work of an orderly and loving God. And then we meet evil head on. Dr. Evil. <clears throat> evil, irrational, disorderly evil, and we cannot understand that. Someone has said, the problem of evil is a riddle we cannot escape. Explain that and you can explain everything. Since the dawn of civilization, people have tried to answer this riddle. Perhaps the most primitive answer, maybe instinctive within us, is the idea that somehow we're the ones who are to blame when evil comes our way. We did something to make God mad. If tragedy occurs, then it must be my fault. What did we do that caused this drought to come upon us? Well, it may be environmental stuff we've done, sure enough. But it was this understanding that the cause of evil was just us that led to all the elaborate sacrificial systems in ancient religions. These sacrifices were an attempt to make an angry God pleased. There were even human sacrifices in ancient Judea. Job's comforters believed that Job brought all of the troubles upon himself, but Job never would acknowledge this. Jesus also encountered this concept a lot. Jesus, this blind man, is he blind because of his own sins or his parents? And the Galileans that Pilate executed they must have really deserved it. Were they worse sinners than most people? 
this primitive thinking is still with us today. As pastor of people, I often find that people feel guilty and dirty and sinful and cut off from Almighty God after some tragedy comes their way. We think that God is mad at us and that we have to be the cause for every effect. Now to be sure, we do make some mistakes and we do bring some troubles on ourselves. Sin's salary is a poor wage. But Jesus rejected the idea that evil could always be explained in terms of a payback for your sins. Jesus never agreed with this primitive understanding of evil that it was always traceable to someone's sin and that ought to be good news to us and to anyone who suffers guilt during a time of crisis. Jesus gave us his understanding of living with evil in the parable that we read today. But it was far different from the answer that everyone expected. People thought that when the Messiah came, he would purge the earth from all evil. Instead, it continued after Jesus came. How can this be true? Well, Jesus said that evil is something we have to learn to live with because it will always be here with us until the end of the world. Jesus' wise answer seems to be saying to us that we waste our time trying to understand the cause of evil. It's just there. It exists. It's a fact. Understanding it won't help a great deal. We still have to cope with its reality. Jesus told about a farmer symbolizing God who sowed only good seed in his garden. The fact that God sowed only good seed reminds us that God is not the author of the evil that comes our way. He sows only good seeds into our lives. He is for you. He is not against you. And then Jesus introduces a mystery to us. There was some enemy of the farmer God, who is the author of the evil, the weeds. And that evil one is the one that scattered the bad seeds in God's garden. Jesus does not enlighten us as to the origin of that evil one. He just acknowledges that evil is a reality. In some ways, he is just repeating what Genesis teaches. In the Garden of Eden, there is this serpent that comes out of nowhere and tempts Adam and Eve. Where did that serpent come from? We aren't told. Genesis teaches that prior to creation, there was a force of evil and chaos at work among us. Evil predated us, and so from the beginning of creation, there has been this force of evil in our midst. Evil was sown on the earth at the same time good was, and so occasionally it bears fruit. If this is true, then why not just destroy the evil now? The servants in Jesus' story asked the farmer, do you want us to go out and gather up the weeds now? And the farmer replied, no, if you do that, the good might be destroyed as well. You see, the, the roots of wheat and tares become interlaced, and if you pull up one, you get both. Why does the evil remain? Because God loves us and he doesn't want to damage us, the good crop. Even in our own lives, good and evil are so interlaced 
that we would be destroyed if we were changed suddenly. And that is why God changes us over a lifetime. Why does this evil remain around us and within us? Well, perhaps it serves a good purpose in our lives right now, causing us to learn perseverance, exercising free will. But there will be a final day, Jesus promised, a harvest day when the wheat and the weeds will be harvested and separated, and on that day, evil will be destroyed. But until then, we must live with the reality that evil will and can come our way. How do we cope with this fact as we await the final harvest? Well, first of all, I think we have to get beyond the little blame that blames ourselves or God when evil comes to us. Yes, we are sinners, but we didn't bring this evil upon us. Yes, God is for us and on our sides, but still evil comes our way. When we blame God, we are a little like the man who wrote the verse, someone in heaven pulled a lever and I came down with scarlet fever. I think we must start believing, really believing, that God is always for us and not against us. What did Jesus say when they said, why is this man born blind? Who sinned? Jesus said, nobody did. The man's blindness exists so that God's power and love can be made manifest in his life. God looks for opportunities to show his love for, for us and to us. Secondly, we can celebrate that God is a redeemer who works in all things for the good of those who love him, and that gives us hope. God doesn't cause all things, but he's able to work in all things for our good. He can even take evil and use it for good. God took a cross that was intended for evil to kill the Son of God once and for all, and he turned it into the means of our salvation. God was with Joseph in the Old Testament when he was sold by his brothers into slavery. He went from slavery to jail and from jail to second in command of all of Egypt. The road to political power for Joseph was a most unusual one. That which was meant for evil resulted in good, Joseph told his family, because now I can take care of you. You meant it for evil. God used it for good. Someone has said that if life hands you lemons, make some lemonade. With God's help, that is very possible. Next Sunday morning uh, here and today in our later service, if you want to stay today, we will be celebrating Holy Communion and next Sunday here in this service. We are remembering when we do so the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. As we do that, I invite you to remember that God took something that the devil and humans meant as the ultimate evil, and he turned it into the ultimate good for you and for me. They killed Jesus, but God made his death to be the source of life for us all, now and for all eternity. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving.
please stand as we together affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
And now may you go forth in peace, knowing that as you go and as evil comes to all of us in life, we're not alone. Our God is with us and for us, and our family and faith is also with us. Have a great week. We'll see you back next week.